Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Jerry Scott. Hey! Steve's going to be with us later to do Brexit of the Week, of course. And in between, we're going to welcome back onto the pod John O'Reed, who's our... How do we describe John O? Social media guru. He's definitely a guru. He reminds me, I don't know if you've been watching the new um, Alan Partridge. Yes, I have. He's like Psychic Simon, <laughs> with the boards <laughs> and the... And, it, and it, he actually might... It, with, there is rumours that he's actually based on John O, that chap. Files not found. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but John is going to be talking us through the week in social media, because it's been a buzz, hasn't it? Yes. Um, because of everything that's been going on. It's been mad, hasn't it? It's been mad. But before we get to the news, I need to remind you once again, and we're not the only people reminding you, because every time I turn on Sky News, um, other podcasts are telling everyone about this, on April the 7th, the New European Podcast, this very podcast, is taking part in Podcast Live. It's a whole day of great political shows, if I might say so myself, uh, and discussion at The Light in London, which I think is around King's Cross Euston area. Um... We're going to have uh, Andrew Adonis, Lord Adonis, on stage. There's other podcasts as well. Um, uh, the BBC's Brexit podcast, Sophie Ridge is going to be there. And Tracy Emin. Really? Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I, I, is this a no, I'm a bit of an art fan, right? Mm. And and I, I like Tracy's story. I can never afford a piece of Tracy Emin. Unlikely I will be able to. Do you think it's bad form just to get to do a little drawing? Do you <laughs> I don't know. If I set up like an easel or something, put tricker into it. Is just that what you're go. Saying? Oh, we've our photographer couldn't make it, but we wondered if is anyone any good at drawing? <laughs> oh, Tracy, could you, maybe you could just while we're on stage and get her to sketch out me and Steve and Lord Adonis on stage eating lasagna and beans. It's a cunning plan. And then just get a sign it quickly. Thanks very much. And I've got a priceless piece of art mm-hmm. on my wall to go with my not-so-priceless uh, pieces of art. OK, well, we'll see. But Tracy M is going to be there as well. Uh, not with us, with her doing her own podcast. Um, and tickets are £12 to come and see us, or you can get a day pass for 30 quid. Or, if you're trying to woo a man or a woman or anyone, you can get a two-for-50-pound deal for a first date. Right. You might yeah. not be wooing them, it might just be a friend. Might be a friend. Yeah. So two for fifty pounds. You don't have to be going on a date either, it's just two for fifty pounds. Um, and that gives you entrance to all day. You can go to any podcast you want. We're on at half past eleven. 
Sounds like the headline slot that until you realise that it's in the morning. Nah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like you know that just before everyone wakes up at Glastonbury. Um, but you can actually get ten percent off by using the offer code Europe Ten. Go to www.podcastlive.com. Uh, and check that out. It's going to be great. April the 7th, Sunday. We're very much looking forward to doing that live podcast. I don't think we've ever done it in front of our live audience. We've spoke about it, haven't we? Yeah, and um, we've done live podcasts before. Like, we have. You know, but, but not with people actually looking at us and no. maybe booing oh. <laughs> and throwing I've just things. booed via Facebook before. Oh, we've been definitely booed <laughs> via Facebook and Twitter and all kinds of things like that. Um, but anyway, Jerry, I've brought you in to do the news because, frankly, we needed someone who knew what they were talking about this week. <laughs> You've been... Um, Following this very closely, you were very late in the office uh, a few nights this I week, was, weren't yes, you? Yes. Uh, so I, th- I wondered maybe we should start at the beginning of the week. I've started <laughs> to do so. Let's just go sort of chronologically, um, because when I woke up on Tuesday morning, I, ha- I it was actually my first thought. I'm real sado. So the first thing I do is put farming today on. Good. Um, and then my first thought was, do you know what? I just wonder. If, after the night before on Monday, of course, uh, Teresa popped over, probably on air miles by now, she can probably afford it, she's been there so many times, to Strasbourg to, and, and got these, you know, these new supposedly legally binding changes. Yeah. I mean... Ish. If you're talking about Monday, I think the first thing I'd say about Monday is how absolutely thrilled everyone who was at that press conference looked. No one looked like they'd made a new happy deal. It was no, quite frosty at best. Quite. But then we woke up on Tuesday morning, sealed with a kiss, I think was the Daily Mail's headline. Ooh. There was... A, the, 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 the press, is, the Brexit press, certainly has, has got behind May's deal a yeah. little bit now. And, and you kind of felt, just for a few hours, oh, oh, maybe, this might just pass here. And then... People read it. arrives. <laughs> <laughs> and, and although he tried to sort of couch his language a little bit and say, well, it's less likely, it's, you know, this is better. The end result was, of course, that his legal um, uh, reading of the backstop was that nothing had changed. Yeah, and have you seen that um, funny tweet going around that says that he'd put kind of the bad news at the bottom so that um, stupid people and journalists would read it, apparently? <laughs> Well, quite. He, um, I would count myself as both. So, <laughs> oh, Jerry, that's that, you're not a journalist. <laughs> you, have you got any journalist jokes? I've got one that I really like. Do you want Go to on. What do you call a bus full of journalists teetering on the edge of a cliff? Go on. Fair and balanced. Oh, huh? terrible. Yeah. Anyway, Jeffrey yeah, right. Cox. Jeffrey Cox, kind of. Um, Kind of probably ruined that, didn't he? He has no other yeah. choice, but he, but he, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like he was rebelling or anything. Of course, as Attorney General, he has to deliver that legal advice, and it hadn't changed. Um, so there still was, in layman's terms, a chance that the UK may be forever stuck in this uh, backstop um, with regards to the Irish border. So, the Brexiteers, notably on Tuesday afternoon, the DUP. Yep. Said, let me just see if I can find. I've got piles of notes. Let me just see if I can find it. Um, so yeah, the the DUP, which of course props up um, Theresa May's minority uh, administration in the Commons, uh, they said that its ten MPs would vote against the latest deal. Sufficient progress has not been achieved at this time, and that was kind of the end of that. Yeah. The uh, ERG um, quickly gave a thumbs down as well, um, and 
that you know it, it was fairly clear from from then. Do, uh, would you agree with that, Jerry? That it was over at that point. Yeah, I'd agree. And um, it just keeps coming back, doesn't it? And it was yeah, voted down again. Mm. People still don't want it. Um, so that was that was kind of that. Um, I spoke to a few MPs on Tuesday night. It's really interesting because they're kind of saying. You know, Theresa May has very little authority left. I think that's been the case for quite a while. It has, but it, I, 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 you're absolutely right. It really drained away this yeah. week, didn't it? Yeah. Um, like the colour out of poor old Philip's face where he sat oh. in the Commons. Hey, bless him. I, we, we are fans of Phil on this podcast, as you know. Mm-hmm. Very polite chap um, when I've met him. And, uh, and he's right next to her, isn't he? Oh, he's there. He was there. He's yeah. a prop. He, now, you're not married, Jerry, are you? No. Good. Okay. I thought just I thought better asked. Maybe at the weekend you hadn't mentioned it. Maybe everyone else had a big party and I wasn't invited. But wouldn't you love to marry someone like Philip? Mm. Rich banker. No. <laughs> 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 but he's always there by her side. Yeah, Whatever yeah, you yeah. think of the May family, they look like a strong unit, don't they? Yeah, you do hear that, don't you? You hear that he's like her biggest confidant yeah. and really is very supportive. He's in the Commons. Yeah, he's there. I'll tell you what, though, I bet Tony Blair once saying, come on, Sherry, you get down the Commons. She'd have been heckling, wouldn't she? <laughs> <laughs> She'd have been heckling. Uh, but Philip, poor old Philip, had to watch him again. Um, and, of course, Theresa May's meaningful vote was voted down. Uh, and we let... can't not talk about her croaky voice. Well, I'm going to deliver... Some, Are you? Some May croaky voice oh, in a minute. Exactly. And mine is a little bit croaky, yeah. actually. Um, so the, uh, MPs voted 391 to 242. I think that was, if my memory serves me rightly, 75 Tories that voted against. Is that right? Sounds about, about right, to right. Me, yeah. Um, which is a sizable amount, obviously. Yes, yeah, 75 Conservative MPs voted against, uh, 238 Labour, not surprisingly, SNP, Lib Dems, the UP, etc. Not a great deal of support. It's better, though, of course, than her record-breaking 230-vote defeat in January sure, for her first meaningful vote. Um, <laughs> usually when the first thing performs so badly, you don't have a sequel and then a third one. <laughs> well, I called it Meaningful Vote Tokyo Drift, which I thought was very funny. That's very good, um, yeah. And then I said it to a couple of people who didn't get it, and then I saw it in... Um, in a Guardian column, so oh. I feel like that was stolen from me, well, personally. <laughs> there you go. Talent borrows, genius steals. I've just called someone at the Guardian a genius. That would be a first for me, not being a massive Guardian fan. <laughs> so, uh, alluding to the vote that was going to happen the next day, a Labour Party spokesman said of Theresa May's um, waning authority, um, allowing a free vote on no deal shows Theresa May has given up any pretense of leading the country. Once again, she's putting her party's interests ahead of the public interest. I mean... <laughs> I always think it's nice when, when MPs get a free vote. Yeah, I do. Although that changed, didn't it? Mm-hmm. We'll, come to we'll that. get to that. Um, <clears throat> so I always feel that perhaps that's a little bit unfair, but I suppose it does show that she didn't feel that she could whip her MPs. You know, yeah, I mean, if she was going to whip them to, you know, vote for it, the ERG would have just voted against it anyway, wouldn't they? You yeah, know? Quite. Well, let's get to that. But I, so now, this is what Theresa May said um, in the Commons. Are you Ooh, ready? Do you want to do it? No. You want me to? Let me be clear. <laughs> Does it sound like a very much voting so. against leaving without a deal and for an extension? I don't know if I can carry on. <laughs> voting for an extension does not solve the problems we face. The EU will want to know what use we mean to make of such an extension, and this House will have to answer that question. Does it wish to revoke Article Fifty? 
Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> does he want to hold a second referendum? Ah. Very good. Or does he want to leave with a deal but not this deal? Now, actually, let's pause there. Do you think the House wants to revoke Article 50? No. No. Do you think it wants to hold a second referendum? Not really. Sadly not. Um, uh, so the answer, I think, is that it does want to leave with a deal but not Theresa not May's one. deal. Yeah. Now, of let's Of course, the problem forward. being... The EU says it's this deal or no deal. Of course. So let's see what um, what uh, Donald Tusk said. Should I do that? No. I think you should do this. I'm not as well. sure. I should. <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. On the EU side, we have done all that is possible to reach an agreement. Given the additional assurances provided by the EU in December, January, and yesterday, that's three times counting one, two, three, one, two, three. It is difficult to see what more we can do. So. Interesting, because let's go back now to what Theresa May said. She said, the deal we've negotiated is the best and indeed the only deal available. Mm -hmm. But she said that in December. Yeah. She said that in January. Yeah. And she said that on Monday morning. But by Tuesday, it slightly changed. Slightly changed. So, is there a sniff that it might change in that case? Is there a a chink in the EU's armour? I think only for tweaks. I don't think they're going to reopen it, are they? And negotiate a whole new deal at this stage. But... Those tweaks might be enough, yes. Jerry. They might. Well, they haven't been so far. 149 votes. Yeah. She only needs, what, 75? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, 75 is quite a lot, I still it, feel. Well, it's the DUP and the ERG yeah, and a couple of stragglers. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. History will look back on this period of time, since the general election, and think, how on earth were those 10 DUP um, MPs so powerful? I don't think it will be tweaks that finally get it across the line, I think it will be the threat of a long extension of Article 50. Good point, absolutely. You know, it's one thing to have a small <coughs> extension, and I don't think Brexiteers would be particularly pleased about that anyway, but Theresa May is very clear that she said, you know, if we can't figure something out in a short extension, there will be a longer extension. Mm-hmm. We've got EU elections coming mm-hmm. up, we might have to put candidates in for that, and that, I think, would be a massive massive push for those who are voting against her deal to get on board. I saw um, Steve Baker on the telly last night basically saying he still hates Theresa May's deal, yeah. but feels like he's got a gun to his head yeah. and now is going to have to vote for it next right. time it comes back. Right, so so as soon as you've brought that up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a little theory past you that I've got Ooh. before we talk about the no-deal votes. Um, I, I, I reckon, right... All my own work, this. <laughs> if you I, have to preface that, I'm concerned. It's like when you go, and this is true. <laughs> Almost oh, certainly isn't, then, is it? Um, it, it Theresa May is, is, is losing lots of votes. Yes. Has been for some time. But there's only one vote that matters. <laughs> we, and it might be MV3. Yeah. Or even MV4. Mm-hmm. Two meaningful to meaningful vote three. Two meaningful All, to vote. Two meaningful to vote. Absolutely. <laughs> so we we may well have two more meaningful votes. Yeah. On pretty much the same deal that we had at MV one. Yeah. But like you rightly say, very good point. Are the Brexiteers willing to risk a long delay, which could lead to a longer delay, which could lead to a people's vote, which could lead to goodness no knows what? No Brexit. Absolutely. So that's what we would hope for. But but the Brexiteers might go. Do you know what? Let's get out. And we can maybe harden this thing up when we've got a different prime minister and we've got a majority in the house. If we ever get one, let's play the longer game here instead of trying to get the perfect deal right at this second. Let's get what we actually always wanted and would have taken quite happily 
on the 23rd of uh, June 2016. Yeah, so it's interesting you say about a different Prime Minister, because I was hearing rumours last night of some ERG members saying they will now back Theresa May's deal mm. if she promises to resign. Yes, I've heard that as well. I mean, that that's... Um, that. That's risky for them as well, um, but they would, I guess, hope to get. They would hope to then throw their weight behind the, you know, Boris. Yeah, or, absolutely. Mm, mm, fascinating time. So, by a majority of just four. Yes. Bit of a surprise. What happened there? This is the No Deal vote. Well, that was the. Um, that was the cross-party amendment. It was. It? it was the Spellman amendment, which interestingly um, was going to be withdrawn, uh-huh. but then couldn't be unless all the signatories on the amendment did it. Yeah. So went ahead, um, and yeah, that was close, and that was to um, prevent a no deal, saying that we can't leave the um, EU with a no deal ever, basically, in any circumstance. Um, apart from... Apart from... If the EU27 refuse to agree to that, in which case we will be leaving... Um, and it is still law that we are going to leave yeah, on yeah. the 29th of March. Absolutely. So um, that then, they then voted on the government's motion, um, which was all very strange it all went a bit weird. Because um, after promising a free vote the day before, Theresa May then decided to whip her MPs... Yeah, chaos. ...to vote against her own motion. I think there was a lot of confusion in the lobby. No-one really knew what they were doing, did they? No, no. Um, I spoke to one MP last night who was pretty angry, to be honest, because mm. he'd abstained from voting in the Spellman Amendment, yeah, had yeah, been yeah. kind of minded to vote for yeah, it, yeah. Um, had abstained from that thinking that he had a free vote in the government's motion, only to be told... He didn't. No, you don't. It's a bad way to run a party, never mind a government, never mind a country, it really is. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting comments. That I, I very much doubt these will get picked up amid the um, chaos and everything else that's going on, but Sir Edward Lee um, sort of went a bit 1984. Uh, no, he didn't. I've got the wrong book. He went a bit Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it all is a bit 1984 well, it also. Is, it is, you're right. But no, he went a bit Animal Farm. He said um, he was speaking during the uh, Women and Equalities questions in the Commons on Wednesday, uh, on Thursday, excuse me. He said, um, can I ask the Secretary of State for Equalities if some MPs are more equal than others? Namely, that the poor bloody infantry backbenchers have to troop through the lobby voting for a three-line whip, but cabinet ministers can sit on the front bench blazingly and then slope off in their limousines and betray the people and the Prime Minister. And this, of course, is about the fact that um, there were abstentions um, from, (coughs) excuse me, the likes of um, uh, Amber Road, etc., with regards to that vote. Now, Sarah Newton did resign. She was a junior minister for Work and Pensions, but she voted against. Um, I mean, this has caused quite a bit of problems on the backbenches. Tim Loughton, who, um, of course, was one of the people behind the brilliant Ladsom for Leader! It was his voice, in fact, that was shouting that when they marched on Parliament. Um, he poked fun at ministers. Uh, he, he was talking about the UK, um, UK's no-deal tariff proposals. Uh, he said, I noticed that slippers are going to be charged at 17% less under these tariffs. Perhaps, given the disorientation of some of his ministerial colleagues last night, some might like to invest in a pair and retire early. Um, Richard Bacon, Tory MP for South Norfolk, said, um, can we have a debate about those ministers who seem to think supporting the government is optional, despite their evident willingness to draw government salary paid for with our constituents' taxes? The thing is, in normal times, you would expect all those ministers to be shown the door. Yeah, absolutely. 
Completely. She hasn't got the power now. Not normal times. She has not got the power now. And imagine if Boris was still a minister. Yeah. He'd be just running wild, yeah, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. What do the EU think of this extension? Uh, well, I think I think they're fairly open to it. I mean, we've had rumours, haven't we, of um, the likes of Farage and Wigmore and uh, the bad boys of Brexit going around Europe, lobbying. Hey, why don't you? You could you could make sure we get a no deal Brexit. Yeah. I don't know if there's any truth in that. It's a, it's a, it seems like a good remain trope. Um, how true it is uh, remains to be well, seen. Well, Nigel Farage did tell Andrew <clears throat> Neil on the BBC last night that he was lobbying member states to reject da- any extension. I don't doubt that Nigel Farage is putting calls in, <laughs> yeah, but is anyone, is anyone answering? To him? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the difference. Strange voicemail it? for Nigel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, nine, Nigel again. <laughs> that's my German accent. Great. Um, the, I think they are open to it, to be honest, because I think, really, again, the, what the EU really want is for a people's vote. Yeah. So they're, I think, happy for any extension. I also think that, to be honest, Tusk and Juncker have got some sympathy with Theresa May. Um, so I, I think they, were, they, they have, in, in, at times in the past two years, propped her up. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think they are open to it, but I wouldn't necessarily blame them if they weren't. If they were to turn oh, no. around and say, look, you've had three bloody years to get this sorted absolutely out. Absolutely not, absolutely Why not. Why should but we extend this now? But I think, I think you're right, I think they would. I think that, that so often, Brexiteers especially have said... They won't want it. Uh, they don't want to hurt us because it'll hurt them as well. And there's oft- that has often been utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. But on this occasion, a no deal would be damaging to yeah, the EU as it would be to us. And I think that they want to be seen to be doing everything they can to, to avoid it as much as the sensible elements of the House of Commons um, back that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Simon Coveney, the Ireland's Deputy Prime Minister, um, said that an extension of up to 21 months to the end of 2020 was a possibility. Now. I would suggest to him that maybe just button it a bit, mate, because yeah. <laughs> the certainly won't like that. The government, uh, the motion in Theresa May's name, in fact, suggests that maybe the end of June yes. would be more sensible. Um, and there is a sort of get-out for us being involved in any Euro elections as well uh, as part of that motion. Um, so, an interesting one. Um, uh, there, There is, um, however, as we said, this sort of move towards the possibility of, of Theresa May's deal getting through. And I think we should probably end on that because I mean, George Freeman, um, someone I think we've both probably interviewed Absolutely. in the past, a centrist, pretty sensible Conservative MP who's um, former, uh, was formerly on the policy board at number 10 and sort of fell out with Theresa May, I guess, or the, the government around the, the manifesto. Um, but he, he said... Um, that you know the Prime Minister should sacrifice the leadership to get a deal through the Commons. Uh, he tweeted, he's, he's avid on avid Twitter mm-hmm. user, of course, he said, this chaos can't continue, something has to give, we need an orderly Brexit on March 29. Yeah, so George Freeman's after a cross-party Brexit, and he, did, he said last night, which I'm not 100% sure I think would be the case, mm. that if Theresa May could get a cross-party Brexit, she'd be lauded as a hero in the nation. Yeah, I'm not sure we're a bit about past that. that but, but he is right, they do need to be working together to get this don't they and um maybe now people are so scared they will so just quickly do you think we're going to have another meaningful vote yes do you think she can win it if not the third time probably the fourth so your view is that they so you still think we will leave on, on march 29th oh yes because of course even if the extension's agreed we can still take votes to the house of course. yeah jerry i think i agree with you I also think, you know, as as depressing as it might be, listener, I think 
as long as this chaos goes on and it seems to be working in the favour of getting that referendum, again, I, I argue that her losses are actually potentially making her stronger because there is no other choice. And those people who, who, who are absolutely hell-bent on getting us out of the EU um, will, at the end, the 11th hour, take any deal rather than, um, rather than an extension. Jerry, a pleasure as always. Speak again soon. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by John O'Reed. John O. Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. John is going to talk us through. It's right, you've picked out some of the best sort of tweets and social media things from we the week. It's have, been a bit of a mad week. Yeah, isn't it? absolutely. We've picked the stuff that's been really popular on social media this week and also features on our website. So there's a prompt to go read all these oh, stories on the website. Clever. <laughs> like it. Okay. But first, John O, I need to talk to you about something. Oh, God. It's quite serious. <laughs> because in t- today, we're all very busy, aren't we? I mean, not just today, I mean this age, with social media, mm-hmm. th- that interweb, mm-hmm. Twitter. Yes. I started reading Twitter like a year ago. I'm nowhere near the end. <laughs> what was the first ever tweet? Um, it, probably it was hello, I would have thought. I think it was Twitter, though, wasn't it, themselves? Yeah, yeah. Tw- just talking to themselves. Yeah. Anyway, it's taken me a while to get through all those tweets. And, and I, I find it hard, Jono, to find the time to sit down and learn more stuff. Mm-hmm. That I don't have to necessarily learn for work, like Brexit stuff. I have sure. to learn, of course. Um, yeah, social media is addictive. It's time consuming. Lots of people just don't have time to read a book, do they? Or to develop themselves? No, no, definitely not. Ah, well, no. there's an app for that. Mm-hmm. That's what they say, isn't it? There there's is. an app for it, Jono, and it's called Blinkist. So Blinkist is very cool, right? It takes the best sort of key takeaways, the need to know information. From thousands, thousands, Jono, thousands and thousands of non-fiction books, condenses them (laughs) down into just 15 minutes. So you can read them or, indeed, you can listen to them on the app. I, it's some weeks ago now, but I spent a very enjoyable 15 minutes listening to the Fire and and Fury, the Michael Wolff book, you know, the Trump thing. Great book. Great book. Although I've only listened to it over 15 minutes, <laughs> I got all the key takeaways. So when I go out chatting with people over Friday or Saturday night, glass of wine in hand, it's difficult for me to come across as cultured with my voice <laughs> and background. I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> but I've got all these key takeaways. It is actually really cool. You know, it, it, it's great. I, I actually used it um, because I'm going to tell you about a little code that we've got, and I've taken advantage of that. So I've um, listened to it in the car. I do a lot of driving between mm-hmm. here and other places. <laughs> Obviously, not just driving around in circles. <laughs> it's good. It's not that good that I just drive around in circles. Um, so it's great for the car. It's great for the earphones. You know, Obviously, it works through your phone. It is super cool. Um, and if you want to try it out, not you, John. Well, yes, you as I, well, I, of course. I'll try it out next, um, time on, next time I'm on a date, you know, I can throw in... That, exactly, throw exactly. In all these books There's tons of good stuff. Um, how to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie, that would be ideal for you. That's on there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Get downloading, John. There's dating books on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> so, right now, 
this second, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for the new European audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash T-N-E to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash T-N-E to start your free seven days now. Blinkist.com slash T-N-E. It is a really cool tool, so check it out. But also cool is social media. It is, yeah. So tell us. Give us what are you can do, give us a rundown of some of your favourite tweets. Yeah, I've got about five stories here. Um, favourite stories of the week. Um, they all feature on social media, the, all the things that people have been talking about. I mean, I couldn't possibly go through everything. It's just been such... What, you mean you can't, you're not supposed to read Twitter from the beginning? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not advisable for your oh. mental health to oh. spend too long on there. Oh, on at all, yes, yes no, you're quite right. Um, so... I think my favourite story of um, the sort of the, the latter end of this week has been Liz Truss on Eddie Mayer's show. Yeah, um, <laughs> she was asked um, what her views were on a second referendum, and um, she gave the usual spiel spiel yeah. on um, exactly why she thinks one shouldn't happen. Um, but her overarching uh, message was that no one's changed their mind on Brexit. Um, to which Eddie pointed out that she'd changed her mind on Brexit. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> and you could just sort of see, you know, cogs working in her head at that point. And yes, yeah, yes. she had to accept she had. But her point was that she had gone from uh, remain to leave. So that, that was all right. Um, <laughs> it's all right to change her mind in that way, yes, yeah, of course. Exactly. Um, but in her view, she'd spoken to many people and um, she hadn't found anyone who'd voted remain that, uh, you know, wanted a second referendum um, or anyone who'd voted leave had swapped. Remain, etc. So she uh, now, I'm led to believe, refers to herself as the trust. As the trust, she's, she's, she's big on Instagram, isn't she? She's all about. She, she's well, all she was one of the first crop of Tories who went on the uh, internal Instagram course, <laughs> and she took it. She took every single thing she learned and used it within about the first hour. Yes. Well, she's very hot on Insta. There's always one of those courses, and there's usually me delivering them, isn't <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If only everyone you delivered them to, Jono, did everything you teach them in the first hour. <laughs> yes. Um, second story, um, and this is performed really well on the European website, is the European Commission uh, Vice President, Franz Timmermans. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he targeted the Brexiteers yesterday um, in Parliament. Uh, Nigel Farage obviously was sat there at the time, but he also had a message for Liam Fox and Boris Johnson. He, he essentially wants them to apologise for causing all of this mess. He very much holds them responsible. Um, and the fact that their pipe dream could end up costing the British people their jobs. Mm. Um, he actually wants them, and I, I think that's a big ask, but he wants them to visit places like the Nissan plant in Sunderland, uh, Mini in Oxford... Um, to go to see nurses and doctors in the NHS to talk about all the things that they promised that just essentially aren't going to be delivered. Just not true, yeah. Um, and he gave a really powerful speech um, and sort of outlined exactly, you know, the stuff they had promised. Um, you know, the fact that they should go out there and really just apologise for the mess that they've caused. Of course, it's never going to wash, but no, um, never gonna happen. You know, it's a, it is a very powerful speech. It's a very good point, um, absolutely. And it was followed up by uh, Nigel Farage, on a side note there, slightly ironically, telling um, the EU that they should uh, veto any yeah. sort of application for Article Yeah, 50. well, me and Jerry were just talking about this. Yes, and, you know, absolutely. And, you know, it just makes a mockery of uh, of, of the whole parliamentary sovereignty mess. Uh, sovereignty yeah, just a bit, that, absolutely. Very good um, point. Tim Martin. Um, oh, uh, friend yes, of the pod. Uh, yeah, friend of the pod. We've had him on before, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah, indeed. Um, it's certainly a questionable and interesting experience that was meeting him. Um, he is now 
hey, he's now been unveiled as the face of uh, the. Let me guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this could go in many ways. This could, shouldn't it? Is he the face of um, uh, Fury? Uh, face of Fury. That well, sounds like well, a film. He definitely could be. Could he be could be. Face. Actually, he's a lot calmer than you expect from looking well, at him. Yeah, he, he comes across as angry, doesn't he? But yeah, he's. he's uh... He's well, after a no-deal Brexit, of course, as well. In fact, he has said, hasn't he, that he'll drop the price of beer yes. if are there's they, a no-deal Brexit. They, I, I, I <laughs> you'll need to be drinking, <laughs> I tell you, because there's going to be no loo roll. Yes. Well, Two days loo yeah, roll you yeah. get um, after you, a no-deal Brexit. You will be drinking all that if there's no loo roll. Well, no who cares roll. if you have enough? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, as a side note, we did note that for the fifth time in two years he's put his prices up, even though he did say that... Uh, Brexit would mean that food prices would, would, would come down. Do you think he's put his prices up so that he can put them down <laughs> again classic, in isn't it? sort of two weeks' classic, time? Classic <laughs> um, yes, going back to my original point, um, he's been unveiled as Leave Means Leaves, uh, the face of their new youth movement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that one. That's fantastic. Yes, the 63-year-old. Um, I don't quite know what the thinking was there, but as some people have pointed out, he oh. may be quite youthful compared to some of the Brexiteers well, they quite. have on site. Please um, let him speak in, like, do, like, speak about grime music and do maybe a rap. Well, he, he's already issued one video. Um, but, yes, I, I guess the thinking there was Weatherspoons, young people maybe like to go to Weatherspoons, can't afford anything else. Well, perhaps, yeah, good point. Yeah, um, but I can only think that's the only reason why they've used him. But... What do young people like to do? Drink. Oh, I know, that fellow who owns the pub. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely one you should check out. Brilliant. Um, you know, obviously, we know that Leave Me Sleeve have been working on a lot of splinter groups recently. They had the uh, Ladies for Leaving that Esther McVeigh was fronting quite recently. Whether they're gearing up for you know a second referendum and having all these oh maybe who knows? But um, yes, that that's also a very questionable one. Um, and finally, Emily Maitlis yeah. um, of Newsnight. Um, off of the telly. Yes, she managed to lose her cool this week after Theresa May's. Uh, but a uh, deal was voted down for a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, she really was taking no prisoners this week on Newsnight. Um, she um, you know, had lots of exchanges with Ian Paisley, um, a Tory MP as well. But when it came around to Barry Gardner sort of laying out where Labour are at with people's vote and with their Brexit position, what might happen if we have a general election... Uh, yeah, you know it's worth it's worth taking a look at that video because you know she was really not impressed and she was not interested in what he had to say. Really, <laughs> there's, there's a brilliant sort of moment where she sort of turns to the uh, turns to the camera and sort of gives her an eye roll, um, <laughs> bit, bit, of... like, bit Harry Hill style really, in a way. Um, but yes, I, I think you know that, that approach to the news is somewhat refreshing. It's definitely one that I would like to see more take with with Brexiteers and even those on the Labour side that you know just sort of fudging their way through things at the moment. Um, but yes, that, that's definitely been doing the rounds um, this week. Well, good news. Here's uh, to you, Emily Maitlis. John, thank you so much. That was thank interesting. You. Maybe just before you dash off mm-hmm. to do, I don't know, you probably skateboard to work and go down a, go down a slide listeners to his desk because he yep. does like tweeting and... Before I had to uh, weather spoon. Face snap and right. stuff. Yep. And uh, uh, tell us, how do we... Um, what can what can the listeners do to follow the New European and get involved with us on social well, media? Most importantly, follow me, John O'Reed, on Twitter. <laughs> um, but you can take a look at our website, neuropean.co.uk. We're updating throughout the day and even nights, some nights this week. Yeah, and what people should know, actually, is it's very different from... It's a very different <laughs> product from the, from the paper. It's a really good way to keep up to date with... Um, Brexit news 
um, because obviously the paper's weekly, the, the website has some of that stuff on, but has lots of other great stuff on as well. Absolutely. Um, but aside from our website, we're all over social media. You can join the New European Readers Group on Facebook and yeah. have conversations not just with us, but also with like-minded readers. Um, or you can like us, tweet us, or follow us on Instagram. The username is at the New European. Brilliant. Thanks, John. I'll see you again soon. Thank you. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. I'm joined by Steve. Hello, I'm back. I'm back from Cheltenham. He's back. My he's pockets back. are full of money. Have you really? Yes. I, I really, you did well. Yes, I did. I had an unexpectedly lucrative visit. Well, that is Cheltenham. fantastic news. And did you uh, dress up posh? Uh, I did. I poshed it up a little but, bit. Yeah, but did because there's posh and then there's because there's GG posh. Well, I didn't go full full tweed. Did you? But then there's the other. So because certain people got the horses and dress red. up. Right, uh, but I then did have a sort of peaky blinders flat cap on. Did like, you? Like ninety percent of the. But then there's those ladies the that wear there. skirts where you can see the bottom of their knickers. Well, not in the high heels. Of Cheltenham that I frequent. Okay. I've got to say, I, but I did. I, I, um, the pageantry of Cheltenham was was on full show. I went on Tuesday, uh-huh. so the first uh-huh. day of the festival, and um, it was very rainy. Mm. Uh, but the first thing I saw when I sort of you, you, to get to to where I go, yeah, uh, which is Paddy Power's box, because yeah. um, I broadcast on Talksport once a uh, once a year uh, from from uh, with and they're always in Paddy Power's box. You don't and, have to explain why you got a freebie to Cheltenham. And to get um, and to <laughs> to get there, you Paddy have to Power make would like to sponsor this podcast. You have to basically go all the way all the way to the bottom of the course. Yeah. You have to go um, past the finish line. Past the parade ring, you go through the sort of Guinness village. Yeah, oh, that sounds um, good. The sort of the, so the Guinness village is is just like lots of bars and they have bands on and stuff like that. Cool. And then you get into an array of a posh bit where there's a lots of sort of boxes yeah. and little restaurants and stuff like that. And um, I sort of made my way through there, and then finally uh, you go through this thing, and then finally I approached the very luxurious boxes that we were in and the first thing I saw as I turned the corner to go up into my box was a man in full tweeds he must have been about between 60 and 70 years of age uh-huh. uh, vomiting into a wheelie bin oh so what, what time was that it was about half past 12 oh ouch so he'd obviously had a good morning anyway enough of this GG chat yes it's well, time for Brexiteer. Of up into bins. That's, <laughs> that's very much been the, the the way things have gone while I've been away. Hasn't it's been it? an extraordinary isn't few it, days. Isn't it brilliant that if you tell a load of lies and overspend wildly to win a referendum in an unfair fashion, yeah. that it, you might actually get pulled up for it at the end? And if you pretend that 52% to 48% is a massive majority for a hard Brexit, yeah. just to be become Prime Minister, yeah. you get pulled up for it. Yeah. Well, and quite. if you make a load of insane promises about what Brexit is going to be like, you get pulled up for it. It's really quite heartening, isn't it? Whatever happens now, they've had a real shock, these people. Just they? before we start Brexit of the Week, actually, we've just been talking about it Jerry, but well, yeah. a few minutes ago, we've had Jono in between. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jono's been in. Um, my prediction, and Jerry agrees, is that actually we are going to Brexit on March 29th. Well... That's quite exciting, isn't it? Because I think she's going to get or oh, disheartening. Who, Jerry? No, not Jerry. She, as in Theresa May. Yes. Um, is going to get 
her meaningful vote through in the end because the Brexiteers are going to be spooked. MV3 or MV4? One of them. One of them. What do you well, think? I'm still not sure it'll be MV3. It might no. still be MV4. It but, might be. But depends. some of that depends on whether Mr Burkow decides that there can be an MV4. Oh, my goodness It's me. up for grabs now. It very much great, is. Brian, late great Brian Moore once said. This is the end game. This is the end game. Um... Let's go for Brexiteer of the Week then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first Brexiteer of the Week is, is our old friend Tim Martin, your friend and mine. Yes, he's, we've been chatting about him on the pod already. He is the the public face now of the youth <laughs> wing of Leave Means Leave. Just brilliant. Future for Leave. Just brilliant. He's the head of their youth wing. I know. 63. Yeah, Tim but he Martin. probably is one of the younger Brexiteers. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Next up is Jeremy Hosking. I don't think there's been enough written about Jeremy Hosking, so I wrote quite a lot about him this week um, in the New European Print Edition. He's a long-time uh, Conservative donor. He gave 150000 to Labour leave, though, in the referendum. That's funny, isn't it? Ew, for, weird. For a Conservative. What a strange He spent quite a lot on pro-Brexit course, uh, causes, uh, and he's now running the pro-no-deal Brexit Express campaign. He's going to run a special Br- Britannia Express steam train uh, on March the 30th. Obviously, this will not be... Um, it won't be quite as exciting if we don't exit on March the 29th. Uh, but it's going to c- carry a select band of Brexiteers on a victorious rail tour of stations in Leave voting cities. From right. Swansea, starts in Swansea, ends in Sunderland. I'm just wondering what he's expecting to happen. Lots of, you know, sw- little... Grateful leave voters all crowding onto the platform. <laughs> Gifts of bread and salt. Oh, thank you, Governor Tears. Streaming down their little soot-covered faces as they doff their caps. Thank you, God bless you, Governors, for saving us from the EU. I think that's probably what he thinks is going to happen. So, I mean, it might, you know, we, we don't exit on March the 29th. They're going to look really quite stupid, aren't they? pootling around on a train for no good reason. The other good thing that uh, Jeremy Hosking did this week, Brexit Express, um, they they were they commissioned that opinion poll which appeared in the Sunday Telegraph last week. Sunday Telegraph Comres, it was the one on the front page, it said 44% of the public now believe the UK should leave without a deal if Brussels provide no further concessions. This The question in this has been rounded on by pollsters Peter Kellner, very scathing about it. But Brilliantly, in the polling, there was a question about a second referendum. This didn't make the front no. page, but Jeremy Hosking and Brexit Express paid for a vote that said if we had a second referendum, people would back Remain over Leave by 46% to 39%. Um, and um, I've got to bring up a point with these Brexity polls because it was one a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Why are they asking questions? I mean, you know, if you want a poll to say a certain thing, yeah. even a very reputable one, you can by not asking the questions you don't want answered. Yeah, to. exactly. Don't Why ask, are they doing don't it? Don't ask the questions. They also said, would it be better if the, in the, for the British economy if we left or if we stayed in the EU or we held a second vote? And yeah. staying in and uh, a ref- second referendum, 52%. Yeah. Uh, people who thought it would be better... 36%. So a uh-huh. fantastic uh, waste of money there by Brexit Express. Um, who pays now, for it? Who funds them? People ask us that all the time. We well, fund Jeremy, ourselves. Jeremy Hosking is a very oh, of rich course. man. Yeah, yeah, former yeah. former yeah. investment banker. He's got a lot of steam trains. So he's paying the whole he, thing. Um, he, uh, he did... I mean, he's, I mean he, I'm sure he's done lots of good things, uh, one of which was he helped uh, rescue Crystal Palace and Selhurst Park 
uh, not so long ago. So that is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm still hoping that he's going to invite me on his train because that would be really good. That would be good. Uh, the Daily Express next. Oh, yeah. A Brexiteers of the Week. Do you know why? All of them. Uh, well, no. Uh, just uh, just for one particular article. Provocative post revealed. In capitals. <laughs> revealed. Yeah. yeah. And this was a, an article about... It was brilliant, this article. It, that Somebody had written an entire article about Donald Tusk. Or Tusk, if you prefer. But whenever I say Tusk... I know, people I know. get in touch and say it's Tusk. Yeah. Why do you say... You know, I think um, it's just a Fleetwood Mac thing. It is, yeah. Um, so Donald Tusk posted this inter- Instagram photo of himself with his English Springer Spaniel, who's called Portos. Right. Um, Why? And, and he put on it, my English friend, and the Daily Express spun this, is EU chief mocking Theresa May on social media, <laughs> ran the paper's headline, and the first paragraph said, head of the European Council, Donald Tusk, has taken to social media in what could be interpreted as a post mocking Theresa May. There were another 518 words in this article, and none of them explained um, why a, a nice picture of Donald Tusk and his dog could be possibly poking fun at Theresa May. Incredible. Nonsense. Uh, Rocco Forte is third. Oh, no, he's not. He's Rocco Forte. Uh, is next. He's the 74-year-old hotelier. His personal wealth estimated at 340 million quid. He said, uh, he did a big interview in the Sunday Times, he said Brexit was going to succeed, but, quotes, it may cause some short-term damage, although I think that's been hugely exaggerated. And they asked him, they said, well, surely loads of people who work in your hotels and in hotels in the UK are EU immigrants, aren't they? And he said, EU immigration isn't going to stop and it won't stop. We had 270,000 immigrants from outside the EU last year who all came in through a process... There's no reason why Europeans shouldn't come through in the same way. And that's fantastic news, isn't it, for people who want to come over and work in one of Rocco Forte's hotels. Because it means that they're going to be earning how much a year? 100,000. Well, £30,000 a year, isn't it, is the new safe figure, (laughs) according to the Prime Minister Theresa May. £30,000 a year is, uh, uh, I mean, well above the average wage. Yes. So average well, wage about twenty four thousand pounds a year. Yeah, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely <coughs> ludicrous. So foreign workers might as well be hundred thousand to get in this country after Brexit. That's what Theresa May wants. She wants any everybody yeah, to earn to be have a, a job that pays them thirty thousand pounds a year, or they won't be allowed. It's in. lunacy. And uh, but that's going to be small beer to Rocco Forte. I found a great interview with him uh, from a couple of years ago in the in the Telegraph. And it included this fantastic uh, line. He enjoys the simple things in life. <laughs> close family, mm-hmm. hard graft, good food, and private jets. <laughs> uh, it's funny because we're the same because I enjoy... A lot of my close family are simple. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that, oh, no, I did travel to j- them on a private jet. I didn't. I got, I got the travel. Uh, Liam Fox. Foxy. Liam Fox, the International Trade Secretary. He refused to apologise after it was revealed his department had spent £100,000 on a trade podcast which attracted only 8,398 downloads. Now, if you wanted to do a podcast which attracted a very low number of downloads and limited interest, we would have done it for a lot more than £100,000. And then somebody said, isn't this a total waste of money? And he said, well, it depends on how many of the businesses that actually listen to it become exporters. If all 9,000 who listen to it, Liam, you're lying there, aren't you? Because it's only 8,398 who listen to it become exporters, then it's going to be a successful pro- uh, project. 
So if all of you <laughs> go out and start exporting, it will be you know this will, will this will have driven more business this podcast than Liam Fox's one hundred thousand uh, pound podcast. And um, if you want to see a better podcast than Liam Fox's podcast, which I believe had Nick Hewer on, didn't it? Who I think he's a Remainer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a Remainer. I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Um, But Nick Hewer doing a Business Matters podcast. um, And uh, if you want to see a better podcast uh, than that one, then you're quite welcome to join Richard Porritt. Yes. Andrew Adonis. Yeah. Hello. No, that's not really how it sounds. (laughs) And me. But I'd just like to pretend we're all in the studio together. Oh, aren't we, Andrew? Yes, we are. Okay. Um, uh, He doesn't talk like that. Um, we're doing a live recording, aren't we? We are, April the 7th. April the 7th. Yeah. Uh, www.podcastlive.com. Well, something like that. Just search for Podcast Live. I have already Politics. told them all you this. You get 10% off tickets. <laughs> Liam, if you want to come, we'll get you 10% off tickets, but you have to put Europe 10 in. Imagine his little fat fingers. No, I can't do that. I don't want to pay an extra 10%. Estimate Vay. Last oh, week, nasal gazing, wasn't it? Yeah. She, was she in the week last week? Not she, she said nasal gazing last week. Instead of navel, yeah. Instead of navel gazing. This week, she tweeted, are the public aware of this? Uh, among the many other... And the, and the, sorry, are the public aware of this and the many other things the EU has planned for its member states uh, after 2020? Um, uh, and she linked to a fantastic uh, Telegraph article uh, headlined, after 2020, all EU members will have to adopt the euro. I don't remember this happening, do you? No. And it turned out She's that what she'd actually linked to was a sort of what-if piece oh that God. was written in 2014 oh, by Jesus. the hard Brexit headbanger Andrew Lillico. Uh, and you remember, we've discussed him on this podcast several times. His greatest hits include um, calling the murder of Joe Cox one of the most influential assassinations in British history, because he says it, it ruined the Leaves <sighs> campaign's chances. Grief. They would have won by more, then we wouldn't have had all this trouble. Oh, uh, and he also said that the People's Vote was a profoundly dangerous anti-democratic campaign for a military coup. Um, so there you go. Um, but, yes, yeah, she read this, and she believed that, estimate I believe that, that it happened. And uh, apparently next week... She's going to reveal that there's a scandal in the upper house because she's read a bestseller which says an evil lord is going to try and kill Harry Potter and then he's going to try and conquer both the muggle world and the wizarding world to achieve a pure blood dominance. But the is Brexiteer... that what Harry Potter's about? I thought it was like the worst witch, but with a boy. No, it's oh. like Meghan Mog, but a bit less, a bit <laughs> less interesting. Funny bones, funny bones. Uh, but the Brexiteer of the Week, yeah, and it's it's a different Brexiteer of the Week to the one that you'll find in the New European. This yes, because sometimes that's right. Because we can we can, we can we're, be, of the, we're of the zeitgeist people. Absolutely, that's uh, what I was trying to say. and the Brexiteer of the Week, of course, is is Mark Francois. Yeah, and he's had some week. What a week! Because he he lost a staring contest <laughs> with Will Self. <laughs> Just brilliant. The that other was day, one of the best he? bits of TV I've seen for a long time. He um, he then br- quite brilliantly. Um, told Sky News that he was going to refuse to back Theresa May's deal even when MV3 comes uh, comes back. He said, I'm not going to vote for the withdrawal agreement when it keeps us in the EU. We're just not going to do it. We're not going to bank or lose. I was in the army. Yeah. I wasn't trained to lose. Yeah. And I wasn't trained to lose. And uh, a I remarkable was. thing. And, of course, yeah, well, and we can see the, <laughs> we hear the, the, the results every week on this podcast. Train to lose. And uh, do you know about Marc Francois's 
uh, incredible service to I know a little bit, but I think you should fill us in. Well, he read war studies at university. Yeah. And then he went on to... Can you imagine that that tutorial, those lecture yeah. classes? All like Gareth from the really? office. Exactly, You're yeah. doing war studies. Why don't you join the army? Well, you know, got to he... learn about it first. <laughs> Secure the perimeter. Those are the sort of chaps that always... I was talking to a friend of ours about this other day. The sort of chap who goes into a restaurant and always has to be facing the door yeah, in case exactly. they need a quick exit. DD. Yeah. He was in the TA as well, wasn't he, DD? Yeah, he was. Uh, as we know, secure the perimeter. Secure that perimeter. And uh, Mark Francois's website says that he served in the uh, as an infantry officer in the Territorial Army during which war? Do you want to guess? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, the obvious one would be the one the, the first Gulf War, but I'd probably say he plumped for the Vietnam War. Well, actually, <laughs> he said, I served as an infantry officer in the Territorial Army during the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. Oh, God. Well, the Cold War, renowned for its, uh, it, well, for its it bloody a, it hand-to-hand a, fighting. Exactly. It must have been horrendous <laughs> for better. him. That's better. So Mark Francois <laughs> is the Brexiteer of the week. Of all the wars. <laughs> the war to end all wars. He could have gone, gone for the for the Cod Wars. <laughs> he could have gone for the Bingo Wars, the tabloid Bingo Wars oh, of the 80s. He wasn't trying to lose. To be honest, though, th- those two wars that I've just mentioned were probably more brutal when it comes to uh, people dying than the actual Cold War. But but thank you for protecting this nation against those marauding Russians. Thank as they you for your service, across Mark. Europe <laughs> towards us. Um, John has already told us what the listeners should do. Well, then um, you don't need so, me anymore. So we don't really need you anymore. Um, but maybe you'd like to tell them how to follow you on... Uh, well, you can follow me on yeah. social media at Sanglesey, which is at S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. And you can follow me at Porritz, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. I always get my name wrong. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. Just a reminder, please do come and join us uh, for Podcast Live, which is April the 7th. If you want to find out more about it, it's not just us that will be doing a live podcast, but lots of other great podcasts, which I'm sure you also listen to. Check out uh, ticket details and, and things like that at www.podcastlive.com. It's going to be a really great event. We're really uh, looking forward to it here. And preparations are already, of course, well underway. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's £2.50. It's a stonker, as always. Lots of Brexit, lots of politics, but lots of art and culture and all kinds of other great things as well. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, please play as your bagpipes. Here you go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.